Hey friends, thanks for coming to the Preacher Chick Podcast. I am Stacy, the Preacher Chick. Today is day 202 of our journey to read the Bible together every day this year. I have to tell you, I have a lot going on. I need to record. I need to prepare um, for a trip. <clears throat> so you're going to hear a washer in the background. You might even hear my dogs walking across the floor upstairs. You may hear my kids because this is real life. And you know, because I've said all along, the heart of what I'm doing here in reading the Bible on the podcast is that <clears throat> no matter what's happening in your life, we can be sure to carve out time to spend in the Word of God. It doesn't matter what's happening around us. Figure out a space, figure out a time, and make it work. And that's what I'm doing. So also though, allergies are going crazy. So I, I, if you haven't noticed in the last few episodes, I've had to clear my throat quite a bit. I have edited so much out where I've had to clear my throat. Um, it's just what's happening. And it doesn't help that sometimes I forget to take uh, my allergy medicine and then my throat feels like it is coated in junk and, um, and it's worse. And so anyway, um, I want us to get into this. We are beginning the book of Nehemiah, the rebuilding of the temple. These are exciting times um, in the history of the Israelite people, and it's going to be great. So let's get going. The words of Nehemiah, son of Hakaliah, during the month of Kislev in the 20th year when I was in the fortress city of Susa, Han and I, one of my brothers, arrived with the men from Judah, and I questioned them about Jerusalem and the Jewish remnant that had survived the exile. They said to me, the remnant in the province who survived the exile are in great trouble and disgrace. Jerusalem's wall has been broken down and gates have been burned. When I heard these words, I sat down and wept. I mourned for a number of days, fasting and praying before God, before the God of the heavens. I said, Lord, the God of the heavens, the great and awe-inspiring God who keeps his gracious covenant with those who love him and keep his commands, let your eyes be open and your ears be attentive to hear your servant's prayer that I now pray to you day and night for your servants, the Israelites. I confess the sins we have committed against you. Both I and my father's family have sinned. We've acted corruptly toward you and have not kept the commands, statutes, and ordinances you gave your servant Moses. Please remember what you commanded your servant Moses. If you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the peoples. But if you return to me and carefully observe my commands, even though your exiles were banished to the farthest horizon, I will gather them from there and bring them to the place where I chose to have a name, my name dwell. They are your servants and your people. You redeemed by your great power and strong hand. Please, Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant and to that of your servants who delight to revere your name. Give your servant success today and grant him compassion in the presence of this man. At the time, I was the king's cupbearer. Okay, context here. First of all, let's just start with the last thing that we said, cupbearer. A king's cupbearer was somebody who would actually um, kind of imagine what you think a cupbearer is. And you're probably at least somewhat correct in your assumption. Um, a cupbearer was someone who would um, kind of protect the king, for instance. So like if someone, the cooks even, would bring the king his meal or his drink, it would, it would, um, it would 
the cupbearer would, uh, in essence, taste it and give it a second to make sure that it hadn't been poisoned. <laughs> um, the cupbearer was somebody who looked out for the king. The cupbearer um, typically was not necessarily somebody who was big and strong, but um, nonetheless, kind of a, a right-hand guard um, for the king. Not exactly somebody you would think that would be chosen to lead the rebuilding of a temple. Um, anyway, not only that, but let's go back to the humility of Nehemiah and his prayer. Um, you know, that I and my father's family have said, like, we're not perfect. We know we're part of this problem and we're repenting and I'm coming before you and I'm, and I'm fasting and, and we need you, God, like we're a mess and we've screwed up, but we need you. I mean, this is like his prayer. These are, um, prayers of a very humble and contrite heart, right? Um, I just am in awe um, of the heart of Nehemiah and his approach to the Lord. Let's continue. During the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, when wine was set before him, I took the wine and gave it to the king. I had never been sad in his presence. So the king said to me, why are you sad when you aren't sick? This is nothing but sadness of heart. I was overwhelmed with fear and replied to the king, may the king live forever. Why should I not be sad when the city where my ancestors are buried lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire? Then the king asked me, what is your request? So I prayed to the God of the heavens. I love this. In an instant, Nehemiah doesn't just, you know, well, this is what I want. He hears the king say, what is it that you need? What is it that you want? What is your request? And Nehemiah took a split second to pray and ask God to help him answer the king. And he answers the king and says, if it pleases the king and if your servant has found favor with you, send me to Judah and to the city where my ancestors are buried so that I may rebuild it. The king with the king seated beside him asked me, how long will your tour, how long will your journey take and when will you return? In other words, he's like, okay, what do you need? How much time do you need? So I gave him a definite time and it pleased the king to send me. And that's bold too. Like, he doesn't say like, well, I don't really know how long it's going to take me to rebuild the temple. I've got to recruit a team. I've got to find money. I've got to get the supplies. I mean, I don't know how long it's going to take me. What if the weather's bad? What if we get attacked? What about this? What about this? Nehemiah is bold and brave. And he says, it's, I will be back on this day. I mean, he gives him a definite time. I also said to the king, if it pleases the king, and here he gets even more bold. I, I mean, like you've got his, you've got the king's attention. You're sitting in his room. He's, he's sees your heart. He's, he's answering you and your favor. Why not? Why not ask for more? Right. I also said to the king, if it pleases the king, let me have letters written to the governors of the region west of the Euphrates River, so that they will grant me safe passage until I reach Judah. And let me have a letter written to Asaph, keeper of the king's forest, so that he will give me timber to rebuild the gates of the temple's fortress, the city wall, and the home where I live. The king granted my request, for the gracious hand of God was on me. Friends, when you are walking in the steps ordained by God for your life, when you are being obedient to his leading and direction, even if you're not exactly sure how it's going to go, when you are pursuing, fulfilling the call that God has on your life, he will bring things to your life that you need. He will open the right doors. He will give you favor. He will provide. I love the little bit trite saying that if it's God's will, it's his bill. 
and and Nehemiah is 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 an example of that alone. Um, okay, I went to the governors of the region west of the Euphrates and gave them the king's letters. The king had also sent officers of the infantry and cavalry with me. When Sanballat the Horonite the Hornite and Tobiah the Ammonite official heard that someone had come to pursue the prosperity of the Israelites. They were greatly displeased. After I arrived in Jerusalem and had been there three days, I got up at night and took a few men with me. I didn't tell anyone what my God had laid on my heart to do for Jerusalem. The only animal I took was the one I was riding. I went out at night through the valley gate toward the serpent's well and the dung gate. I inspected the walls of Jerusalem that had been broken down and its gates that had been destroyed by fire i went on to the fountain gate and the king's pool but farther down it became too narrow for my animal to go through nehemiah is doing like a survey he's walking through and he is looking at what needs to be done and how hard how hard the work's going to be he said so i went up at night by way of the valley and inspected the wall then heading back i entered through the valley gate and returned the officials didn't know where i had gone or what i was doing for I had not yet told the Jews, priests, nobles, officials, or the rest of those who would be doing the work. So I said to them, you see the trouble we are in. Jerusalem lies in ruins and its gates have been burned. Come, let's rebuild Jerusalem's wall so that we will no longer be a disgrace. I told them how the gracious hand of my God had been on me and what the king had said to me. They said, let's start rebuilding. And their hands were strengthened to do this good work. I... This is just so encouraging to me. If you are pursuing to be obedient to the work that God has called you to, he's going to take care of you and he's going to provide what you need. That's just who he is and how he works. When Sanballat the Horonite, Tobiah the Ammonite official, and Geshem the Arab heard about this, they mocked and despised us and said, What is this you're doing? Are you rebelling against the king? I gave them this reply. The God of the heavens is the one who will grant us success. We, his servants, will start building, but you have no share, right, or historic claim in Jerusalem. The high priest Eliashib and his fellow priests began rebuilding the sheep gate. They dedicated it and installed its doors. After building the wall to the Tower of the Hundred and the Tower of Hananel, they dedicated it. The men of Jericho built next to Eliashib, and next to them Zachar, son of Emery, built. The sons of Hassanah built the fish gate. They built it with beams and installed its doors, bolts, and bars. Next to them, Merimoth, son of Uriah, son of Hekaz, made repairs. Beside, the, beside them, Meshulam, son of Berechiah, and son of Meshezabel, made repairs. Next to them, Zadok, son of Bana, made repairs. Beside them, Tekoites made repairs, but their nobles did not lift a finger to help their supervisors. Jo Joaida, son of Pesea, and Meshalem, son of Bisodea, repaired the old gate. They built it with beams and installed its doors, bolts, and bars. Next to them, the repairs were done by Melatiah, the Gibeonite, Jaden, the, the Maranathite, and the men of Gibeon and Mizpah, who were under the authority of the governor of the region west of the Euphrates River. After him, Uziel, son of Herariah, the goldsmith, made repairs, and next to him, Hananiah, son of the perfumer, made repairs. They, restore, they restored Jerusalem as far as the broad wall. Next to them, Raphiah, son of Hur, ruler of half the district of Jerusalem, made repairs. After them, Jediah, son of Haramath, Her <laughs> made repairs across this house. Next to him, Hattush, the son of Hashabaneah, made repairs. 
Malchijah, son of Haram, and Hashab, son of Pahath, Moab, made repairs to another section, as well as to the tower of the ovens. Beside them, Shalom, son of Halahesh, ruler of half the district of Jerusalem, made repairs, he and his daughters. Hanan and the inhabitants of Zenoa repaired the valley gate. They rebuilt it and installed its doors, bolts, and bars, and repaired 500 yards of the wall to the dung gate. Malchijah, son of Rechab, ruler of the district of Bath Hakram, repaired the dung gate. He, rebu he rebuilt it and installed its doors, bolts, and bars. Shalon, son of Kolhoza, ruler of the district of Mizpah, repaired the fountain gate. He rebuilt it and roofed it. Then he installed its doors, bolts, and bars. He also made repairs to the wall of the pool of Shelah near the king's garden, as far as the stairs that descended from the city of David. After him, Nehemiah, son of Azbuk, ruler of half the district of Beth Zer, made repairs to a point opposite the tombs of David, as far as the artificial pool and the house of the warriors. Next to him, the Levites made repairs under Rehum, son of Bani, beside the Hashabiah, ruler of half the district of Kila, made repairs for his district. After him, their fellow Levites made repairs under Benuai, son of Hinnadad, ruler of half the district of Kila. Next to him, Ezer, son of Jeshua, ruler of Mizpah, made repairs to another section opposite the ascent to the armory at the angle. After him, Barak, son of Zabai, diligently repaired another section from, from the angle to the door of the house of the high priest Eliashib. Beside him, Merimoth, son of Uriah, son of Hakaz, made repairs to another section from the door of Eliashib's house to the end of his house. And next to him, the priests from the surrounding area made repairs. After them, Benjamin and Hashib made repairs opposite their house. Beside them, Azariah, son of Messiah, son of Ananiah, made repairs beside his house. After him, Benuai, son of Hinnadad, made repairs to another section from the house of Azariah to the angle from the corner. Palal, son of Uzai, made repairs opposite the angle and tower that juts out from the king's upper palace by the courtyard of the guard. Beside him, Padiah, son of Parash, and the temple servants living on Ophel, made repairs opposite the water gate toward the east and the tower that juts out. Next to him, the Tukoites made repairs to another section from a point opposite the great tower that juts out as far as the wall of Ophel. Each of the priests made repairs above the horse gate, each opposite his own house. After them, Zadok, son of Immer, made repairs opposite his house, and beside him, Shemaiah, son of Shechaniah, guard of the east gate, made repairs. Next to him, Hananiah, son of Shalomiah, and Hanan, the sixth son of Zalaf, made repairs to another section. After them, Meshulam, son of Barakiah, made repairs opposite his room. Next to him, Malchijah, one of the goldsmiths, made repairs to the house of the temple servants and the merchants opposite the inspection gate and as far as the upstairs room on the corner. The goldsmiths and the merchants made repairs between the upstairs room on the corner and the sheep gate. And now, Psalm 48. Let's read that one. The Lord is great and highly praised in the city of our God. His holy mountain rising splendidly is the joy of the whole earth. Mount Zion, the summit of Zaphon, is the city of the great king. God is known as a stronghold in its citadels. Look, the kings assembled. They advanced together. They looked and froze with fear. They fled in terror. Trembling seized them there. Agony like that of a woman in labor as you wrecked the ships of Tarshish with the east wind. Just as we heard, so we have seen in the city of the Lord of armies, in the city of our God, God will establish it forever. Selah. God, within your temple, we contemplate your faithful love. 
like your name, God, so your praise reaches to the ends of the earth. Your right hand is filled with justice. Mount Zion is glad. Judah's villages rejoice because of your judgments. Go around Zion and circle it. Count its towers. Note its ramparts. Tour its citadels so that you can tell a future generation, this God, our God, forever and ever, he will always lead us. Whew, that's good stuff, man. <laughs> Come back tomorrow for day 203 as we continue to read the Bible together every day this year. See you then.